This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by an old friend, Jason Gendel. Jason is the Vice President of Real Estate for Party City. He has been in the retail real estate industry for over 15 years. Now he oversees all the real estate at Party City, not just the retail, but their office, industrial, and anything that has to do with real estate. Excited for him to be on the show. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. So, Jason, tell us a little bit more about you, who you are, and your story. Sure. Um, So, as Chris said, I've been in the real estate industry for about 15 years. I started out on the brokerage side. Um, Actually, my wife is in the same industry, and she took me out to Vegas, and uh, I got a job because I walked up to the chairman of the board of Cushman and Wakefield at the time and started chatting him up, and uh, he offered me my first job in real estate. So uh, I worked for Cushman for a couple of years and then decided to jump onto the retail side. Um, I joined Party City, I believe it was 2011. Um, was with them for three or four years, then decided to take my skills to uh, Avenue Stores, which was a women's plus size clothing uh, chain. And about two years ago, Party City recruited me back to help run the real estate department over here. Interesting year we had in 2020. And it was up and down a little bit for Party City, but You guys have made an interesting comeback. The stock has soared since the low point. You had a great Q3 quarter. You had comps up and they were up. I think you said before the show, was it the one of the largest comps you've had? Yeah. And in about nine years. So as everyone knows, with the onset of COVID uh, in mid-March last year, we we closed all our stores for approximately two months. And uh, which was really detrimental, obviously, to to us at the time. But we felt it was very important for our employees and our customers, their safety first. And uh, so the decision was made and we started to focus and figure out how we were going to reopen. And our plan focused on uh, buy online, pick up and store, buy online, curbside pickup. And we really reinvented our our whole uh, customer-focused, customer-centric mentality to accommodate the changing retail environment at that time. Um, Through COVID, you know, there's been a lot of change and we're really, we opened our stores uh, back, most most of them were opened up in May again and we were ready to go. We found that people still wanted to go out and party and habits were changing. And maybe if you were going to have your daughter's sweet 16 at a restaurant or something like that, but, you know, due to COVID, you couldn't, you were going to do it at your house with your close relatives. So we found that balloons and party goods were still in high demand and our uh, day-to-day business was strong and the and balloon business just took off at that point. So uh, through the summer, business was, was good. And then, uh, you know, as we kept going into the fall, we had Halloween come on us, which 
is is a big part of our business today. And uh, you know, everyone was a little nervous about Halloween and you know, still gatherings and getting together, but um, Halloween worked out fine for us as well. So now on, you know, we're I wouldn't say we're on the other side of COVID, but as we work through the vaccinations and things like that now, um, you know, we have a plan and we're looking towards the future. Uh, we're definitely very customer focused right now. And that is really being ingrained in our head across the, the whole, uh, you know, the, all the employees at Party City. It's a, it's a good comeback story in the making. It's still coming back, but it's a good comeback story in the making. What does that mean to be customer focused? I love hearing that, but what does that mean at Party City? So for us right now, you know, we have a new next gen concept with re which really pushes that along. Um, it eliminates for us, we're eliminating about 6,000 SKUs. So uh, normal party city in the past would have 26,000 different items in there. We're cutting that down to a more manageable number. We're eliminating some of our higher fixtures throughout the store to make shopping easier. Our merchandising is different. We're, we're manning our stores with uh, a new, a number of more, putting more people into the stores and employees and really focus on what their needs are uh, throughout so we could really supply them with all the party goods that they want. That, I think that's great. I think being customer focused is always a good thing, but really having the high intensity on customer focus that you all have is going to pay dividends in the long run. You mentioned this next gen store and some of the things I know it's important to you all. Is that a new store? Is that a remodel? Tell us a little bit more about the next gen store. So the next gen concept, it could vary in size from 9,000 square feet up to 20,000 square feet. Cause we do, we are doing this concept in new stores. We're doing it for reloads and we're also remodeling a number of stores uh, throughout the chain. Uh, we've already, remodeled close to 20 new stores. And uh, we're in the process, we're hoping to have um, probably 75 next-gen stores in our chain throughout 21. Um, that's gonna be a major focus uh, throughout, throughout the whole, our whole business right now is really focusing on balloons, focusing on our customers, really. And what we did too, is we cut our day-to-day -day prices on a number of items, which has really, really brought uh, some more traffic into the stores. That's interesting. And one of the things you said before was you cut back on the SKUs, which to me is interesting because I remember a few years ago, you all, the goal, I remember having a conversation with you where the goal was you wanted every product that Party City made or had their hands on in a store. And that's obviously changed. And I've heard this a lot from other retailers where they're really focused on managing that inventory. What is the purpose for less items in the store? I think just a better shopping experience at the end of the day. If you have 12 red, 12 different color red plates, you know, all different shades, you really need 12 different shades of red plates. So, you know, cut it down to half a dozen things like that. Um, I think overall, the 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 shopping experience is just a, a lot better. It's easier. People want to get in and out today. I think convenience is so important, especially when you're competing with your online sales today. Um, you know, we're trying to make it as convenient as possible. You can pick it up. You know, you don't even have to come into the stores. We're even working on same day delivery right now throughout the chain. So 
uh, that that's really, you know, trying to make every convenience. It really comes down to convenience. You said a word that I really love, which is this buy online, pick up in store and buy online, uh, pick up, you know, curbside pickup, because I think this really can solve the last mile challenge that so many e-commerce and brick and mortar retailers have been trying to solve. It is a challenge to send 4,000 different items to 4,000 different households at a price that people want to pay and retailers still profit. And yet the consumer wants convenience. And we have these things that could really solve this that are very close to the consumer called stores. And how do we make that convenient for the consumer? And we can, you can buy it online and have that digital experience and pick it up at the store whenever you want versus waiting around for delivery, even same day. Sometimes if I need something, you know, we need papers. I need it now. I don't want to wait. Right. No one's patient anymore. I think as I get older, obviously I've gotten less patient, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not an option today. It's something you have to have if you want to be successful. Do you guys have any numbers around how many people have used buy online pickup in store for you? I don't have the numbers off the, my, off the top of my head, but I do know the percentage is not only shot up dramatically, but it still continues to increase on every month as we look at it. So, and we do have an online presence as well, you know, that we've always had that, but I think the pickup and store side has really, really just blown that up. And it's just, we're expecting to, it can, it to continue to increase. Very cool. This next gen store that you guys are bringing to the market is the plan to eventually turn every store in the fleet. And you have over 800. Is the plan to turn them all into next gen stores? So I think at a high level, um, you know, the plan would be to change a majority of them over to next gen. I mean, I think we're still in the testing phase. So we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we are teeing up, like I said, you know, set hopefully to have 75 at least of these next gen stores open and operating by the end of 21. So that we'll be able to kind of take a look at everything, evaluate, and then make, and then make that decision. We just don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but so far it's been great. And, uh, you know, we've done surveys with customers and they, they think it's fantastic. So we're continuing on that path. You have 20 open today? So I think there's, there's, there's two markets. We did Kansas City and we did Las Vegas. And the other ones um, that'll be opening up over the next month or two will get us up to about 20 yeah, to start. So if one of the listeners wants to check one out, the people in Las Vegas, you can go to Las Vegas and Kansas yeah. City and you can check out one of the next gen stores. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. I think that's a good, a, a good summary. Anything else that going on at Party City that you think everyone would want to hear that we should talk about? Um, no, I, I really feel as if, um, you know, the pandemic's been tough for everybody, but as a company, we've really pulled together and uh, become very focused as to what our plan is and what what we need to do to do to be successful. And that's what we're doing right now. So, you know, we are looking for new stores. We're looking for reloads. Um, 
we're doing remodels. So we're very active in the market right now. And if there was anything that anybody had to offer as far as opportunities, certainly, uh, you know, send it over to us. That's great. And I think one other thing that's really important to note, you closed permanently from COVID, very few, if any, stores coming out of it, right? So I think that is, that's something that a lot of retailers can't say. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, the demand, the demand is still there. I mean, it's definitely there. It's changing and it's evolving, but we're still seeing demand. And, you know, as we talked about balloons to over the last couple of months have been a real strong driver of sales and uh, I'm sure will continue to be. And we're looking forward to, you know, a strong Halloween next year too. Halloween is on a Sunday next year. So that's still very good. It's over the weekend. And, uh, you know, so we're looking for a strong 21. On a, on a Sunday Halloween, will people go hollow, will people go trick or treating on Saturday? They will. They will. So obviously Saturday's very good. Sunday's good. Friday's good. You're really your worst two days are like Tuesday, Wednesday, because some people break it up and then they go the first the weekend before and some go after. But it, the parties and things, I think you'll see a lot of adults out partying for a Sunday Halloween on Saturday night for sure. Got it. That makes sense to me. All right. I want to pivot to the next part of our show because you have you made me laugh before the show. I'm excited for you to tell everyone this. You you all recently opened a store in Alaska in Anchorage, Alaska. Yes. And yes. so yes. Why, why don't you tell everybody about uh, that 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 store opening? So about a year ago, um, we had been looking at the, the Anchorage market for two years about and. Uh, about a year, a year ago, we, we began to pull the trigger on it. So I had to go up to Alaska. It was January last year. It was January. So in Alaska, it is dark from 10. It's, it's only light from 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. So when I landed at 9 a.m. in the morning, it was dark. Then I went to my hotel room. By the time I got out of there, it was dark. And then, um, so I went back to the room, I went to sleep, I woke up in the morning and it was still dark. I drove to the site, I waited for the sun to come up, evaluated the site, drove the market. And then by 2.30, again, it was just pitch black out, went back to my hotel room, I slept a little and then I had to take the red eye home. So I was only in actual sunlight for I would say two to three hours over a two day period that it was actually light. So. It was an interesting adventure, but uh, wow, we ended up opening the store. It's doing very well, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a very it's an interesting market up there. When did it open? Uh, over the summer, this past summer. So um, you know, it had COVID. There was hit a little bit later, but um, you know, the store is doing well. We actually backfilled a old Bed Bath and Beyond, and it's, so it's a twenty five thousand foot store uh, in North Anchorage. So. Um, you know, we're, we're thrilled to be up in the market. Feel like there's definitely growth up there. And uh, we may be back for a Southern, uh, Southern Anchorage uh, store soon as well. Wow. Did, is there any logistics challenges getting product up there? There actually is. So we started to ship our stuff out there. And when COVID hit, we had to stop it. And it was on a barge. And I, loaned, I learned the difference between a ship and a barge. And so that was... Something What's the difference is, between a ship and a barge? Like the, the one is like, it doesn't put anything underneath. It's flat on it. So stuff can actually fall off of it. So I mean, so we have a logistics person that handles that because 
you know, remembering that Party City and Amscan, Party City Holdings and Amscan is part of that. We're the largest manufacturer of party goods in the world. So uh, we were pretty well equipped to handle shipping it up there. But when COVID hit and everything stopped, everything got sent back to where we started. So we actually had to do it kind of twice. And uh, it became quite interesting to find some of our stuff at a shipyard out on the West Coast. It was, uh, it was interesting. Wow. Yeah. The, that is, crazy things happened during this pandemic. Yeah, make it up. Yeah. Product <laughs> lost on a ship and all types of crazy stuff. When did you all decide that you wanted to open in Alaska? I think they, it was being vetted before I even came back to Party City. Um, so it's been a couple of years. And then the right opportunity came along for us. So we, we jumped on it right away. Um, it's just, it's a really, it's an interesting market. And for us, what we would, we would consider that white space. So, you know, we weren't cannibalizing ourselves in any way. It was all new customers, all new, you know, a whole new, all new markets there. So I think that's really what drove the interest uh, at the end of the day to kind of look at these white space opportunities and where you're not going to kind of eat away at your own existing business and, uh, and open up new stores in new areas of the country. Do you have stores in Canada? No. So Party City does not have any stores in Canada anymore. We're not connected to that. At, at one point, you know, we were doing some Halloween stores and things out there. But as of right now, there, we do not have anything to do with parties. And there is no Party City Canada store. <clears throat> when you went to Anchorage, was that the first time you were there? It was. Wow. And I thought it was going to be like a fun, awesome trip. I'd get to go in August and it would be, I'd go fishing or do, you know, whatever. But it turned out be, just to be like a 48 hour trip of darkness. And it was, it was, it, and it was what it was, but it was all work. But I would definitely go back there to try to, you know, enjoy myself a little bit. Anything unique about doing a real estate deal up there versus other parts in the United States? Or was it pretty similar to everywhere else? It was, it was very similar. The deal was structured the same way. Um, you know, the, the build out the landlord handled, um, nothing, nothing really that extraordinary, honestly. We are going to take a quick break here and now a word from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I know we always have guests on the show to retell their story and share how to work in a smarter way. So I would like to share something that we do and introduce all the landlords and building operators to a solution called Prism by one of the powerhouses in CRE building engines. We use these guys here at DLC and as part of our strategy for operating effectively during the pandemic, communication to our retailers is key. Building engines is key to making that happen. And they just acquired a company called RAVT that really helps the retail space manage HVAC systems smarter and help with tenant compliance with their triple net lease obligations. They have a service and procurement vendor network built right into the solution that enables them to seamlessly keep up with maintenance, perform repairs, and install replacements all at market beating prices. And for the retailers out there, we know you have a lot going on meeting the ever-changing state and city protocols for operating during the pandemic. Building engines can help you too. By taking the burden of quarterly service and reporting on upkeep of your HVA system off your shoulders, 
This means more time to focus on your business and your customers. To learn more about what Building Engines can do for you, visit buildingengines.com slash retold. Thanks. Awesome. Well, listen, that was a cool story. I'm glad you shared your trip of darkness. I'm glad <laughs> the store opened and it is uh, doing well. Yes, sir. Really cool. I want to take us to the last part of the show called Retail Wisdom. You've got so much wisdom to drop. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? I think that looking back on this, and we talked about this a little before, because I think that if you don't evolve, you're going to be extinct. So, um, you know, I think it's more for me, local restaurants right now in my area there, and which there are a lot of them struggling. And now they've been closed for close to six months. I think overall, it's really just the restaurant industry in general. I wouldn't say anyone in particular, but that's where I really, I miss, uh, I miss that. And I, and I do feel really badly about what they're going through and how their business have been, been affected by the current COVID situation. What's your family's favorite restaurant? I think it's Forte in Caldwell. <laughs> that's, uh, that's I've been a, there. That's a good restaurant. You're always going. So yeah, they they have multiple. They have another location, right, in Randolph, New Jersey. Yeah, I've been there. Great. I mean, there's plenty. There's a lot of restaurants, and some are doing better than others. But a a couple of the ones that we really liked are are struggling, if not closed at this point. And just be interesting to see if they could make a comeback. Yeah, for sure. All right. Question two: What product? What is the last product over twenty dollars that you bought in a store? So I would probably say, first of all, it probably wasn't for me. It was probably for my daughters. Uh, and I think it was a pair of sneakers. I think I was at Dick's and we, we bought a couple of pairs of sneakers for her because she needed to try it on. So that seemed to be, you know, just easy to go there instead of purchasing it online. Um, other than that, I think the other thing that I bought, and I'm not making this up, I think it was balloons. I really <laughs> do think it was I think it was balloons for my daughter's graduation uh, back months ago, and uh, we went in. But other than that, I, I really have been home, to tell you the truth, just working through things right now, you know, just, but overall, I, th- I think the most recent is definitely sneakers. All right. All right. What's the most, what have you bought over $20? What have I bought over $20? I have bought a ton of stuff from the container store lately. So for Christmas, one of my Christmas gifts to my wife was uh, she, my wife likes everything like organized, everything has a place. And when you have some young kids, you start to accumulate things quickly. And so I got my wife a professional organizer for Christmas. That was the gift, the big gift. So uh, this woman you, you pay and she comes for a certain amount of days we did and went through like every room and gave some organizational ideas and tips and all this stuff. And with that, you're going to need some products and systems and whatnot. And I'm still purchasing them. I've got a text that says we're getting these shelves that I just was made aware of today. So there you go. I know that. I think it's the right time to do it. You're stuck. Everyone's stuck at home. So you might as well try to organize things. I think it's a great idea. Last question. Right. Chris and Jason were at Target and I lost you. What aisle would I find you in? Well, 
I would say, I don't know if you and I are in Target together. I don't know if that's happening. But <laughs> if I was in there with my daughters, I think I find myself more often than not in the cosmetics aisle. Wow. I think that's where I've actually had my daughters test out stuff on me in the past. And, um, you know, and they, they're very into that. I mean, that's such a big business today. I, you would, uh, I spend a lot of time there. Then I probably go get something for my dog and then, and then maybe make it over to the electronics. But I think it's either in the, in the pets pet area or, or most likely it's cosmetics. Wow. So I have a three-year-old daughter and what you're telling me is I'm going to end up having being a, uh, a makeup artist or I'm going to have makeup done on me as a test is what you're telling me. That's oh, what's yeah. happening. You're going to be at Ulta. You're going to be at Sephora. You're going to, you're going to be all over. Absolutely. There's no question. Got it. Very cool. Well, listen, Jason, this was great. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. You were awesome. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for doing this. I appreciate you having me, Chris. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.